Hi, my name's Nicole. I have been uh, working with Rachel for the past several months. And I would just say, you know, she's a wealth of knowledge. She's natural at what she does. She gives you, you know, advice that I think you can use every single day. She's super real, leads you down the right path. Um, I've enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, her skin camp is exceptional for anyone that wants to take a bit of a deeper dive. It's like being in the bathroom with Rachel. She guides you through everything. She's super passionate about it. You have the ability to watch it over again. Um, by far worth all the investment. I go back to it all the time for reference. Welcome to today's episode on the Rachel Varga podcast. If you are new here, warm welcome. I'm Rachel Varga, board certified aesthetic nurse specialist. I love helping people look good, age well, all that good stuff with nearly 10 years under my belt in the space of offering rejuvenation treatments, 20,000 procedures under my belt, and also executive board member for Plastic Surgical Nursing Journal. So I love to kind of geek out a little bit on all the ways that we can optimize our beauty and radiance and cleaning up our act. For example, the air quality in our home is actually really important. It's really important as we age to limit our environmental toxins that we're exposed to and whether you're at home or in the office everything from building materials to off-gassing from deliveries that are coming to you just air quality in general is something really important that you might not know about yet so this hopefully will uh, help to illuminate your understanding on the importance of cleaning up your act at home so today we're going to talk about well let's clean up our air reduce our toxins and age even better when we reduce toxins in our body and in our environment everything else in the background is just going to function a little bit better we're going to focus on the importance of cleaning up toxins in our at home and in office settings with hypo air. Let me tell you a little bit about David Milburn, who's joining us today. David is currently serving as the VP for the Young Trust, a tech focused VC firm, and the CTO of Hypoallergenic Air LLC. At Hypo Air, Milburn has spent 10 years solving some of the world's worst air quality issues for clients ranging from aerospace manufacturing facilities to hospitals in Brooklyn during the height of COVID. Over the last de decade, he's assisted thousands of business owners, homeowners, and biohackers of all walks of life to solve their unique air quality challenges. Welcome, David Melbourne. It is an absolute pleasure to have you joining us today. Thank you for having me. We love talking about these type of um, issues and finding good solutions for them. Mm -hmm. So let's just kind of dive right into this. What is the national statistic on mold in our homes? So we spoke a little bit about this before we went live, but it's basically 100%. So mold's going to wow. be in your, your natural environment everywhere. The home is going to be a perfect place for the mold to grow. And so if you don't have some type of mitigation technology there, mold is going to be prone to continue to multiply. And for some of us, it's going to cause issues. So for about a third of people, they're going to have an allergic reaction to the mold. Mm -hmm. And mold issues. I mean, there's so many wonderful resources out there to learn more about this topic 
But we want to kind of understand sometimes things as simple as the air quality in our homes can be the root cause for a number of different ailments that we can experience. And when we have ailments or things aren't functioning as well, we're going to have higher rates of inflammation, which is actually going to make us age faster. So that's why we're talking about air quality in our (laughs) homes. So tell us a little bit about what are some of the common air quality technologies out there to clean things up and how how does HypoAir compare? Because it's confusing with all of these different gadgets out there. It is. It's certainly confusing. And when, when someone asks me about a new company, I'm just as confused as you are because most of the the technologies they're talking about, it's just marketing fluff. It's not something new. They're just kind of rephrasing something. And a lot of times they're not really transparent even with what it is. So you'll see a lot of things like hyper HEPA, super HEPA, you know, like ultra HEPA. HEPA is just a rating system for one type of technology. And so a lot of times it's just a lot of fluff out there. Um, but, um, you know, air, air purification technologies can be broken up into a few categories. And I know it gets a little nuanced, but a lot of times you need different tools for different contaminants. And I think we all kind of had a crash course in 2020 on one type of contaminant being, you know, an airborne virus or, you know, biological contaminant, but there's a lot of other types too. So you've got chemicals, you've got physical particulates forest fires that's why i really leaned into your technology and uh just just so you know leave us your live questions in the comment section and yeah you can get your hypoware stuff check out what they offer at hypoware.com forward slash rachel use promo code rachel 10 and when you do that it actually helps to support the work that i do on this channel so i can keep creating free content for you but that's why i leaned into your tech was to Wildfires is a is a great example. I mean, you've got an extreme spike in air quality contaminants. You've got lots of different things burning. So you've got physical particulates like PM two point five, which are really small diameter sized particulates. We can talk more about that later. And you've also got chemicals. And I live in Southern California, and last year was really rough with wildfires. And so you'll see just severe unlivable conditions in some cases, even if you're not that near the fire, the smoke can blow, you know, a long ways. But um, something like that is an extreme example of what's happening really every day. So during rush hour, if you live anywhere near a freeway, the contaminants are going to spike dramatically during that hour. So the air quality outside is going to be very dynamic. It's going to be changing throughout the day, throughout the year. And, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, customers that are asking, when should I open my windows? Is that a good idea? Well, it's going to depend, you know, what's going on outside at that moment. And as you can continue to educate yourself, you can make those decisions on, well, maybe you shouldn't go running on a road near during rush hour um, because you're exposing yourself you know, both your, your lungs, which is what we often talk about, as well as your skin. Um, and, you know, studies have been linked from outdoor pollution directly to skin aging as well as indoor pollution, directly to skin aging. And that's not something we, we actually often talk about as a company because we, you know, we work with a lot of different people from hospitals to you know, manufacturing to homes. But you know, the skin is just another way that your body is absorbing what's in the environment. And the air is something we don't see. A lot of times you can't smell, but it's, it's just as real as what you're eating or drinking and what could be in there. So 
I love that you brought up the skin. Obviously, that's my jam. Mm -hmm. this, this is one of the reasons why cleansing is so important. And in fact, this is why I love double cleansing in the evening. So what does that mean? Well, you basically wash your face twice because your first cleanse is going to take off earth, dirt, oil, debris, dead skin, pollution, right? Air particulates, mm -hmm. cosmetic creams, makeup. And then your second cleanse is actually going to be washing your skin. So 100% agree with you, David, that... When we clean up or act around us, we're going to have less pollutants on our skin, which is going to create, you know, oxidative stress. So that's why antioxidants in skincare is helpful to mitigate those oxidants. And it's hard to picture a lot of things that we're talking about, because you might, if you go to a lot of purifier websites, or if you even read about air pollution, you might hear the term PM 2.5. That's referring to 2.5 microns. A human hair is about 70 to 80 microns. So we're talking 2.5 microns. So this is a, a fraction of the diameter of a skin pore. So your skin pores are in the similar range, maybe 60 microns. This is These are much smaller, so it can penetrate deep into your lungs, deep into your skin. And these are very, very small types of things that are in our air. And even though you can't see them, they do affect us. Absolutely. And that's why you've seen so many products come out as, you know, having anti-pollution type mm -hmm. claims. It's it's actually for this premise because the pollutants absolutely do integrate into our skin and then create issues. Mm -hmm. So thanks so much for clearing that up. That was fantastic. So what are some of the other technologies? Like what, what kind of technology do you guys offer with HypoAir? Say, for example, with this plug-in device, I have these actually in my home office. I have it in my bedroom. We're going to talk sure. about how air quality and sleep is important and also in my bathroom. Sure. So mm -hmm. Tell us about these little guys because these sure. are like actually a pretty affordable option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of our newer ones. And, you know, we've been around for about 10 years and we, we don't believe in silver bullet type technologies that there's different technologies for different applications and, and different you know, size homes and spaces. Uh, that one is what we would consider one of the most versatile technologies. It's called polar ionization. Um, and it's going to be splitting water vapor into positive hydrogen and negative oxygen ions. It gets a little complicated and we're happy to dig into how that works, but it's going to give you extremely broad spectrum coverage of both what's in your air as, with, as also what's on surfaces. So with something like mold, it's going to be able to kill the mold spore in the air, as well as prevent the mold from growing on a surface and also deal with the, the related toxins and particulates. And it does all that with no maintenance. So all you have to do is, you know, it's got a little a pre-filter. You know, we talked about some kind of upkeep kind of before we went live a little bit. But for the most part, you have no replacement parts for life. And, um, you know, it's a $150 unit that uses the same type of technology we use in medical facilities. And um, that, that's one technology. We have others. You know, one of our other main ones is going to be called APCO. And again, this is, this is all a little complicated, but it's called Advanced Hydrated Photocatalytic Oxidation. And it's going to be replicating the same process that takes place outside with sunlight and minerals in the air. We're just going to do that inside the unit. Um, and so that's going to produce catalytic reactions. And that can, with something like a chemical, you're actually going to break it down into its harmless components. With something like a biological, you're going to neutralize it. So you, you need some different technologies there to handle different applications. And we, we have units that use physical filtration as well. Like a physical filter is going to be a lot like, I, I think of it as a chain link fence. 
So things that are too small are going to go right through it, like a little bumblebee. That's what I always think about for some reason. Um, everything bigger is going to get caught by it. And then depending on how efficient the filter is, it's going to be kind of the rating system. So HEPA is a type of rating. A lot of things are kind of fake HEPA, but HEPA is, is a classification of filter efficiency. You'll, you'll see things like MERV filters. That's another classification for HVAC. Um, that's just the efficiency of the filter. But with any physical filter, it's going to have to do with how, how small of a particle it can cover. And most of them are not going to cover things like mold spores, let alone have any effect at all against a chemical or a biological like a virus. They're just too small. And then over time, you do have to change them, replace them. So there's pros and cons to a lot of these technologies. And what I, what I often say to audiences like this is just reach out to us. We'll try to answer your questions. We'll try to talk about your specific situation and recommend something you know, for you. It's a lot to take in all at once, but if you've heard something, if you've seen another product, if you have a question, just reach out to us and we'll be happy to have those you know, individual conversations. I love that you mentioned catalytic converters. Uh, so, you know, I've been a bit of a gearhead since my teens taking apart motors, stuff like that. So our vehicles have something called catalytic converters. That's what takes, you know, some of the pollutants from the exhaust and there's a conversion process so that the exhaust that actually comes out of the end of the tailpipe is a little bit cleaner. So this is technology that's already employed in our automobiles. So I just wanted to ask you, David, I just took the back off of my plug-in unit here, just plug straight into the wall mm -hmm. and take a look at that. I got to clean this bad boy, don't I? Yes, you do. <laughs> so what, what, so this is from my bedroom and so, I have it plugged mm -hmm. in right by my mattress. What's going on? So that's the larger particulates. And with that unit, um, that's mostly to keep the unit functioning well. We're not as concerned with the big ones. We're concerned with the smaller ones. So our bodies have natural defenses and things that are larger, your body's going to be able to fight it off. But the smaller they are, the more dangerous they are and the more irritating they can be. Just like we we're talking about with the PM 2.5. That's that's so small, you're not going to see it. It's, it's not even going to come up on that filter there. We're going to take care of it with the actual polar ionization technology. But that physical filtration is just, you know, you're seeing what's in your air that you can't normally see. In some cases, you know, you might see like sunlight and you might see little particles. Those are quite large, actually. If you see those little specks of dust in the air, we want to get rid of those. But we also want to get rid of things you can't see with the naked eye. What's fascinating is the first time I used this device in my bathroom, my mirror didn't fog up. Why is that? It's a good question. Um, I'm not sure, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so like it does, it does relate with static electricity, um, which could have an effect on the mirror. Um, but that's, a, that's actually an interesting one. I haven't heard that before. Um, you'll have to keep an eye on that. For sure. Maybe some ionization interaction. So the water, it, I don't know what's going on there. I don't really have a sign. I was hoping you would. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, I haven't heard that one before. But. <laughs> so if you guys don't know Dave Asprey's work around sleep, his sleep challenge changed the way that I sleep. And no, I'm not paid to talk about this, but it's just a resource to share with all of you tuning in here. And so I use my aura ring to track my sleep. I started to integrate hypo air and cleaning up the air in my room. And I actually saw some measurable improvements in my sleep. So talk to us, how does air quality affect our sleep? What I often say is with people that are, you know, we get people from all walks of life and all kinds of different situations. And some people have very severe air quality issues. 
Some people don't. But if you're going to start one place, start in the bedroom because you can create a safe place for your body to sleep, recover, naturally detoxify. So that, that's the place we, we always recommend. Like, look at the bedroom. Look at the things you have that are contributing to air quality. You know, what types of you know, chemicals could be in your bedroom, particulates. All those things are going to make your body less restful because they're fighting. You know, they're actively fighting those things. And if you've got a big mold outbreak, like we've spoken to people, they've got mold under the carpet, under their bed, and they're allergic to mold, you're not going to get into a good night's sleep. And so we've, we've heard for years about how, you know, various types of, you know, sleep issues. Once you clear out that air, you reduce the toxins, you're going to have a noticeable effect in many cases. And so if you can build up that natural resilience by giving your body a chance to detoxify, now you're not going to be as susceptible to things outside, you know, things, other places that you go, um, because you got a safe place to come home to. So yeah, the, the sleep is super important to us and creating that safe place at home. I love that you mentioned that because when we just reduce toxins that are kind of bogging down our detox pathways, things are just going to be functioning better. We had an excellent question come through here from Taylor. Taylor asks, should we plug this in the kitchen while cooking? And I have seen uh, Tim Gray, he's from the UK, and he's been posting a whole bunch of, you know, testing the particulates in the kitchen when we're cooking and using certain oils, there's a spike in air contaminants. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we all smell cooking. You know, those are things in the air that our nose is picking up. But there's a lot of things you don't pick up. So that even just the combustion of a stove, the cleaning chemicals that you're using, you know, there's a lot of things that are being produced in the kitchen. So that's obvious. That's certainly a place that we recommend having a unit. And most of our products are designed for 24-7 use. So you want to always have something that's mitigating what's going on, ideally. But the kitchen is definitely a place that you would want to, you know, take a hard look at. And, you know, we do we do always recommend if you can reduce the sources of contaminants then you don't have to purify as much. So you have to look at what you're doing in the kitchen, what you're cleaning with, you know, what you're cleaning counters with. So that all those things could be sources of air quality contaminants, absolutely. And not cooking with certain oils. Mm-hmm. So you guys should check out a previous interview I did with JJ Virgin, where we actually talk about some oils you definitely want to be <laughs> avoiding in your food preparation process, not only for internal ingestion but also for air contaminants because there's a huge problem with that for sure Mm -hmm. what can we do about air quality while traveling or in our vehicles so i myself drive kind of like an old school jeep i take it out into the back roads you know at least every week to just get away from the city right city pollution sound stuff like that but it's an older vehicle sometimes i'll have the windows down when it's raining and kind of have the whole like expedition experience Mm -hmm. so things can get wet in the seals Mm -hmm. what can we do in our vehicles to clean things up vehicles are no less susceptible to mold than a home so it's something that's easy to overlook but your vehicle has an interior environment it's got a little ac system it's got vents back there a lot of times they've got mold too um and one of the things that's funny with air quality is if you go to someone else's house you go to someone else's hotel room you might smell things that you don't otherwise and part of that's called nose blindness so at home our nose just kind of tunes out the things that you're used to but if you go into a new environment now you're kind of picking up on things that you wouldn't otherwise do you want another word for 
Tell me. Olfactory desensitization. There you go. Very nice. Um, mm. So, um, you know, a lot of times you might go in a very nice hotel room and it might smell stuffy. It could be mold. Um, we've also done studies with some of our hotel clients. I won't name them. Um, but um, if you take a monitor in there after cleaning, their VOCs, which would be chemicals, volatile organic compounds, their VOCs would spike maybe seven, eight times just from the cleaning that they do. So they're using like really harsh chemicals to try to make it a, a safe environment, but it's also creating a, a really unusual, unnatural situation too. So yeah, travel is a place that can definitely lead to triggering for people that have allergies, especially. And so, you know, we do have units that you can take with you. You know, even Dave, you've mentioned Dave, like we've got a unit that, you know, he's got that's called an Air Angel that's portable. You can take it in a car, you can take it in a hotel room. That was the original idea, but a lot of our our customers use it for their home as well. But the other thing I, I always say is if you have an option, you might as well call the hotel to say, do you have a hypoallergenic floor? Do you take this seriously? And you might be might be surprised at what options they do have available on premise that they're only gonna give you if you ask. And there's some hotels that are gonna take it seriously and some that don't. We work with some of the biggest names in the world and it doesn't matter how much you're paying for a hotel room, it just kind of varies by hotel chain. And so you might reach out to them and say, what do you do for allergens? Like, do you have anything hypoallergenic? Do you do any purification? And so sometimes making the right choices can help a lot too. Because if you go into a smoking hotel room and we've actually done that for studies, you know, and then you plug a unit in, you can get protection, but that's not ideal. You're gonna you're gonna have a bad environment that you're walking into. It'd be best to avoid that if you can. That is such a great tip. I love that. And again, being more conscious consumers, supporting hotels that actually care about this stuff is yep. great. I gotta and, say, and, oh, I was gonna I'm... say a lot of hotels are are taking huge steps Good. in the last year because obviously the hotel industry is really hurting. We've talked to a lot of people that are going way above and beyond to try to make it a safe environment. So, you know, it's a great time just to reach out to see who's, you know, really taking things seriously. I love it. I will share with you guys personal story. So I went to New York. I was doing some training out there. If you guys don't know, I actually teach internationally other physicians and nurses how to do rejuvenation treatment. So I was doing a little bit of a tour in New York, California. So I went to New York and what I noticed in all of the buildings that I went into was the use of deodorizers mm -hmm. and, oh, they just made me feel so sick and just the smell was awful. So a lot mm -hmm. of these older buildings will use deodorizers, but in those deodorizers are additional chemicals. Yes. So if you can uh, smell it, it's in your brain. Yes. Yep. We, we've done a lot of work with casinos, including some hotels in Vegas, and we do always laugh when they take incredibly smoky environments and then they layer on coconut so you've got smoky coconut now and the coconut smell is just chemicals it's just more chemicals trying to kind of confuse your nose into thinking it's a nicer smell but it really it's just more chemicals layered on top um so yeah it's <laughs> a great point same with the you know car um, air fresheners they're not making your air any fresher that new car smell same thing you know it's just it's off-gassing of the new plastic materials yep. and leather. Uh, yep. And actually, you know, when it comes to skin, um, one of the things that um, I read some studies where when people moved into a new home, the off-gassing was directly correlated with eczema. So with, you know, the skin irritation. So you've got environments where you go in that are off-gassing chemicals 
that can have a direct effect on your skin as well. Yeah, we really have to pay attention to the quality of materials, the glues, the adhesives, flooring, drywall, caulking, all sorts of stuff. Quick question about Vegas. Mm -hmm. There's a fantastic conference that I love to attend every year in Vegas, where it's like the top plastic surgeons, aesthetic nurses smash together. We kind of give each other updates. It's an international conference. What is going on with the air in Vegas to like keep you wired and, and all of that? What's the inside scoop on this? It's so bad. Like the air quality is so bad. And um, this might be a little bit of an insider perspective, but there's a huge amount of turnover on the staffing side and they don't take air quality seriously for the most part. So there's horrible, horrible air quality levels in the casinos and a lot of the hotel rooms. So we've, we've worked with some extreme scenarios where they're mitigating it, trying to purify rooms, trying to make it you know a little bit better, but sadly no hotel has really gone the steps that they should take. And it's not good. Yeah, it's not good for you. So Yeah, I typically will actually stay at one hotel. And when I've kind of scooted around different hotels to see different things, the hotel I stay at does have absolutely the best air quality but what i was alluding to is what are they adding to the air you've i've heard these rumors of like adding extra oxygen yeah i i've i've heard that too and i've kind of looked into it. i've not seen it in person they do add a lot of chemicals for deodorizers you know signature scents things like that some of the different hotels have like a they have their own kind of perfume line so to speak um that's just chemicals that they do put into the hvac but I'm not aware of any changes to the oxygen levels, um, you know, say in the poker rooms or anything like that. So. Or like different neurotransmitters or nootropics to make you want to gamble longer. I'm not aware of any. So Neither. <laughs> really bad air quality. Yeah. So what are the astronauts doing? What What's going on with there? Because in your bio, you have done some work in this space within space. So tell me a little bit about that. Let's geek out for a bit. Sure. So like the original start of our company was actually commercializing the APCO technology. So that's, so NASA developed the original PCO technology. That's photocatalytic oxidation. Um, you mentioned a catalytic converter. NASA had the challenge of, okay, if we're going to fly to Mars, we're going to have to grow fruit, food, potentially. Some food produces something like ethylene gas. If we're going to recirculate the air over and over and over and over and over again, even trace amounts of ethylene are going to you know, build up and that's going to cause issues for other types of things we're growing. And you also have to deal with all kinds of just strange trace VOCs because you're just recirculating the air over and over again. There's no outside air. So most buildings are going to bring in outside air, purify it, circulate it around and then exhaust it. You can't do that in a spaceship. So that's why they originally came up with the PCO technology. So that was sunlight to UVC. Uh, wavelength and titanium dioxide, a metal catalyst, and that will create hydroxyl radicals, so HO negative. And those are highly effective at ripping apart a chemical into H2O and CO2. So perfectly fine. So you're you're taking the carbons, the hydrogens, you're breaking the bonds. It's the same process that takes place in the troposphere outside. And so it's just replicating that in indoors. We commercialize that with our own catalyst. So we have a um, you know um, a multi-meadow 
metal nano catalyst. We don't uh, disclose what metals we use, but we have our own proprietary catalytic uh, formula. And we're using germicidal UV light to cause that catalytic reaction inside of, of the unit. Very cool. By the way, since we're on the topic of space, like don't let this blonde hair fool you, David. Mm -hmm. I follow what SpaceX and Elon Musk are doing. And on Tuesday, SpaceX actually launched the first spacecraft powered by Krypton. Did you know that? I did not know that. Um, there's some people near um, that are kind of in our community that work at SpaceX. I try to stay up. It, it's really some amazing things. And if you've ever seen a SpaceX launch, it, it's truly like otherworldly, I guess you could say. I mean, it's just, it's very, yeah, it's inspiring. But this is like a new propulsion source using Krypton noble gas. This oh. is insane. Like, why aren't we hearing more about this? Yeah. You know, before you know it, we'll have cars powered by Krypton. I'm Love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. There's a lot of innovation taking place. And, and I would say the same thing with air quality. A lot of innovation going on. And for us, we're really excited actually about air quality sensors. There's been a lot of steps forward in that because we've had questions over the years of all kinds related to what's in my air. And it's really tough to find out economically and accurately. But they're 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 making huge leaps forward. We hope to have our own sensor here in the uh, in um in the near future, uh, that's going to give more data to people to make you know better decisions. So yeah, lots of innovation taking place. I love that. And what I've observed is actually uh, Naveen Jain, the creator of Iom, who's been on the show here. He actually got a lot of his technology from military testing from the 1950s. He actually bought that research on the gut microbiome. And what I've noticed is that a lot of the technology that's being used in space, you know, decades prior to is then making its way into, you know, what we do and use on a daily basis. So that's kind of why I was, you know, inquiring about that. Well, if you take kind of the worst case scenario, and if you can solve it there and then you can commercialize it, it's a really good way to do it. And, you know, we, we've taken a similar approach with, you know, if we're going to work with a sewage plant with odors, we can help with yours. <laughs> you know, that kind of kind of um, idea. So, yeah, we've tried to prove out the technologies and in, in really severe scenarios and then apply the same technologies to the home. Very cool. All right. So this is basically like a really great resource episode for you guys to understand why you need to clean up your air, detoxify, not only for what you're breathing in, but what's going on on your skin. And also, uh, you know, my goal here with the call was to share hypo air with you all because I always get questions. What's your favorite air purifier? What are you doing for this, that, and the other thing? That's why we're making this episode today. So let's get kind of into the practical stuff with uh, your technology. How do we clean and care for our hypo air devices? For example, this guy that I took the back on, if you're watching the episode, you can see all this gunk and particulates from my bedroom that's accumulated on this filter. So what do I do with this? So, you know, we'll, we'll provide steps if anyone has questions on their specific product and unit and, you know, manuals and all that kind of thing. But um, with the, uh, the germ defender there, that's just going to be a washable pre-filter. So you're just going to rinse it out in the sink. Um, and that's really the only ongoing maintenance that we recommend. And, you know, we say about once a month, 
it's going to depend on life's demands and what's going on, <laughs> but that, that's what we recommend. And how, how dirty your air is, the sources of contamination is going to affect how often you really should wash it. But that's really to keep the unit clean. The polarization itself doesn't need ongoing replacement parts or maintenance. Um, you know, with one of yours, it sounds like, you know, something got lodged in the polar ionizer. So you can use a little brush head, maybe take it outside, blow that off. But in general, they're designed to have no interaction and just to be functioning ongoing. We have to, we actually have the same technology that installs in the AC system and you never touch it. You know, you just you get it installed there. It's always running. It's always working. And, you know, kind of similar to the NASA um, discussion, one of the other things that we didn't talk about is it had to be low energy and low maintenance. You can't just have a bunch of replacement parts that you need. And so in this case, it's like you know, you're it, reading my mind for a minute. Yeah, okay. Well, well, the energy impact. Yeah. So it takes up two watts of energy. And so it's designed for 24 seven use. Two watts is less than a light bulb. So less, less energy than leaving a light bulb on all day long. Significantly less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. So all y'all with those Glade plugins or air fresheners, if you're using that, which probably most of you aren't, but if you are, or if you know someone who's using those, stop doing that. Stop trying to mask things and adding extra chemicals and toxins mm -hmm. and just clean up the source and your air instead. Yep. All right. Do you have any closing words for our episode here on, you know, cleaning up our act at home with the latest and greatest tech? It's a great question. I mean, there's so many topics and I would say that we, we help people with very individualized issues. I mean, everything from my neighbor smokes three packs, packs of cigarettes a day and I can't move. And the cigarette smoke's coming through the pipes in my kitchen to, you know, like I, every time I go home, I have a severe reaction or I live with five people and I'm the only one that's sick at home. You know, so there's there's so many scenarios and I would just encourage them to reach out um, because this is a really broad topic. And there are a lot of situations that could be taking place. And sometimes you don't notice anything um, and, and that's fine, too. But it could be affecting you whether or not you realize it. Um, and so I would just say, you know, keep educating yourself, reach out to us. Um, and there's a lot of things that to be learned. Mm -hmm. And what about at-home test kits for determining what particulates might actually be in your home and also mold? You know, we have a a petri dish test kit that we offer. It's really like a do-it-yourself educational tool. We don't claim that it's that quantitatively accurate because you're just looking for the presence of biologicals. And as we said earlier, you most likely do have mold. But we, we have found that for people that have never thought about air quality, sometimes doing this test at home can be eye-opening because you get to actually see these things grow to a point that is visible and quite disgusting in many cases, to be perfectly honest. Um, but you can kind of experience it for yourself. Sometimes you do it with kids. It can be just a helpful tool to educate yourself. Um, those are very inexpensive in the you know $10 range. And then the price for air quality goes up from there. So Homebiotic has a great air quality test kit. There's a lot of innovation. Um, most test kits for at home are going to be looking for about one type of contaminant. So you don't want to, I think you want to be realistic with what that air quality test kit is going to be showing you. And sometimes it's a single data point. So your air quality in your bedroom could be very different than your air quality in your kitchen or your air quality while you're cooking. So um, it would just be some 
ongoing education. There are some technologies coming out that give you things like, you know, AWARE, A-W-A-I-R, gives you ongoing readings, like say something like a VOC estimate, a particulate estimate. So particulate sens sensors are going to be more, more um, accurate, I would say. Uh, than a lot of other ones. And um, before you pay somebody a ton of money to do mold testing, I would say do some some research. There's a lot of high quality do-it-yourself um, mold tests as well that are coming out. You can easily spend $1,500 on mold testing for your home and get nothing actionable. Um, we get that kind of thing a, a lot. People show us these reports they spend a ton of money on. They say, what do you think? And it's like, well, it says you got mold in your home and that's about all it says. I'm sorry. You know, like it doesn't tell you. Yeah. Quantities. So, it doesn't tell you. you know. Yeah. yeah it's, so it's so a lot there to know that not everybody out there that's selling you stuff has your best yeah. interest at heart. Yep. And we've had, you know, aerospace clients that spent $15,000 internally testing for VOCs and they couldn't find what they're looking for. Um, so it's, some of these things are, are hard to kind of pin down. Something like mold cassette testing is going to be your best bet. Um, and again, you can reach out to us for questions. That's great. You've been such a wealth of information for everybody tuning in on the show here. Be sure to learn more at hypoair.com forward slash Rachel and use promo code Rachel10 for 10% off of your order. And yeah, I can't wait for the future of air quality mm -hmm. to, you know, continue to get better. But yep. we have to support companies that care about this stuff and have an awareness ourselves yeah. as well. Well, it's like, even like, you know, last year, you know, we came into 2020 with years worth of testing on something like a coronavirus. But it's it's new for a lot of facilities to think about having something that's germicidal in their air, in their HVAC that's dealing with contaminants like this. But yeah, I mean, we were giving pr presentations to hospitals years ago on coronaviruses, H1N1, you know, all these things. And so there's going to be a lot of, yeah. So now, now people are thinking a little differently and um, there's a, there's a lot of innovation there. I think is going to, are going to be helping us create safer spaces. Yeah. I personally have been using air filtration for a lot of the resurfacing skin laser treatments that I do because the erbium laser is looking for a target. Mm. The target chromophore is water and then mm. it vaporizes the top layer of the skin off, sort of like a Zamboni going over the ice rink or a bulldozer. And so that there's a plume and it needs to be then taken out through, I actually use a Buffalo filter and we also have a in-room filter too. So not every clinic actually cares about that stuff. Yes, exactly. Or hospital. We've seen really bad conditions in hospitals. And we've seen a, a, a concerning lack of knowledge on air quality. Um, but people have reached out to us. That's a really good point. Well, you are a wealth of information. I can't wait to also have you on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll be seeing you again soon here. Sounds Thanks great. so much for joining us, David. Absolutely. So this was a really fun episode. I'm so grateful to David from HypoAir for sharing his expertise. And yeah, be sure to share this episode with someone who, you know, may be dealing with some health stuff. Obviously, what we talk about here isn't medical advice. 
if you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. And be sure to subscribe here on the, the Rachel Varga YouTube channel, on the Rachel Varga podcast, and hit the bell notification so that you know when I go live. If you have any specific questions, please reach out to me directly. Never, never feel like you're bothering me if you send me an email. You can reach me at info at rachelvarga.ca. You can also book a one-on-one at home and in clinic virtual skin rejuvenation consult with me at rachelvarga.ca. And don't forget to check out the show notes of this episode to get 10% off of your order with Hypo Air. And yeah, until next time, guys, have a great day. Stay beautiful, stay radiant, and all that good stuff. See ya.